Okay. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for coming today. Appreciate it. So, before we pray, I wanted to kind of do, uh, at least this week, do a psalm, something from the book of psalm, Psalms. And so I uh, have picked Psalm 32, uh, which is probably a little bit familiar. And so I was kind of leaning to do Psalm 32, and then I was like, well... Is there, you know, is there a different psalm I could choose? And I, every every time I was going through, kind of Psalm 32, kind of was brought back into my mind. So that's the the Holy Spirit leading to Psalm 32, and uh, hope hope it's uh, it's a blessing to all of us and uh, just a a reminder. Uh, so let's pray, and then we'll uh, jump into. Dear hey, Father, we just thank you for this uh, beautiful day you've given to us. Uh, pray for those uh, in our uh, in our midst that are on vacation or traveling over these next few weeks, and uh, as we approach the holiday into summer, that uh, you would give them a, a safe, uh, relaxing, enjoyable time uh, with family and friends. Just uh, pray for services today, the main service, the evening service, and then right now uh, here in Sunday school. Uh, pray that uh, you would. Uh, just speak through your holy scriptures during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Psalm 32, but before we read Psalm 32, I want to read, uh, or have someone read, Sean, Psalm 51. So, uh, just a little quick highlight, Uh, this is a, really, a psalm about forgiveness, and so Psalm 51 in, the, in historically is right before uh, Psalm 32 would have been written or would have occurred. So go ahead. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is never before me. Against you... You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with his and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and upload, I mean, sorry, uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. 
build up the walls of Jerusalem, then you then will you delight in right sacrifices, and burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, so not going to really get into this passage, but I just I thought it kind of really sets us up for uh, Psalm 32, where it's the same uh, theme of acknowledging uh, sin, our iniquity, and just um, you know, right redemption, forgiveness, right, imputed righteousness, and so I, that's yeah, I thought that was good. And, it, and again, this psalm is uh, you know, thought to be related with David's, after David's sin with Bathsheba and then the subsequent cover-up, including uh, the, the murder that, uh, that David uh, committed. So some you know, very serious iniquity uh, in, in this part of David's life. Okay, so let me just read uh, Psalm 32. And then we'll kind of go uh, verse by verse. Feel free to comment or ask questions. Psalm 32, a mascal of David. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So really, right, in, in both of these psalms, David is bearing out his heart for his personal experience, but also for others to know what, you know, what that, that great joy we can have in being forgiven of our sins and being counted among the righteous. So let's just go kind of, again, verse by verse. Let me read uh, verses 1 and 2 again. 32 in Psalms. Blessed is the one whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So we have here the the blessedness and fullness of forgiveness. Verse 1, right, sin forgiven and we have uh, transgression right so talking about the the different the different types the different words associated with this transgressions willful rebellion we have iniquity in in verse two 
which is warped our warped human nature. And then we're, you know, we're talking about sin, which is a spe- the specific misdemeanor or action that occurs. Uh, just thinking back to, to, to John's message in uh, Leviticus last week, uh, you know, his message on the Day of Atonement from Leviticus 16. And so we have, we're talking about forgiven in verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, and also that, you know, also means to bear away. And so that immediately jumped out to my head, the scapegoat, right? So the priest is putting the, you know, those sins on on the goat and then sending it off to away from the camp, never to be found again. And so that forgiven, to bear away, to remove our sins. So great, uh, you know, and it, even with that, that verse one started, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. We are blessed, right? Just beyond all measure. And, you know, he kind of, at, at the end of the, of the, the chapter, really emphasizes how we should act, right? But we are blessed beyond measure. And blessed, verse 2, is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. Uh, yeah? I guess one of the things, and then going back to what you know, John preached to the last, uh, last uh, when I thought about, again, you know, we're talking about transgression as forgiven, but, you know, in the same sentence it says, sin is covered, right? And you think about how, uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, in that, in that sense, it was, it's like a temporary covering, right? And someone in that sense, right? Because right. Again, we realize that, you know, only taken away through the blood of Christ, but, and when I never really thought about the covering as just kind of a, a block over for, you know, for the sight of what it is, sort of, you know what I mean? I, I always thought of it as, I, I don't want to use the word propitiation because it only basically seems like, but it did appease God in that moment, you know, for what was done. But I just think about, you know, when I think about who sin is covered, that's, um, you know, this, I never realized it's obviously, you know, again, you realize, but I never think of more of like a temporary kind of thing, not an everlasting kind of covering. So it's, it's kind of, you know, to, to see that's why they were constantly slaughtering animals. Right, in, in the air. Yeah. Over yeah. and over because, you know, um, again, it was the point to something that was more everlasting, more eternal, which is obviously Jesus Christ. Yep. Thank you. Right, so in, in going through verse 2, uh, the Lord counts no iniquity in whose spirit there is no deceit. Um, John, can you uh, turn to Romans 4, verses 6 through 8? So we're talking about, right, really, there's no, no charge against us, no stain. We're made whiter than snow. And Paul is uh, you know, going to use Psalm 32 in, uh, in, a, in his argument for those that are counted for righteousness. Go ahead, John. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven 
and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Yeah. So really, right, Paul is using these specific verses, right, just to talk about how, you know, we, our, our sin is covered and how, again, you know, he talks about others too, Abraham, about he was counted for righteousness and how we can be counted for righteousness. Yes, TJ. <coughs> Psalm 51, I'm always struck by the, the line that says, the bones that you have broken. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, there's this idea that somehow God is walking around with this, with this little gotcha button. And it's just, it's so not that. It's so not, and, and these people knew that it was a temporary thing. They knew it was an individual thing, and they knew that it, that it was, you know, one life per sin, which is towering when you think about it. It's a, a how, how did they sleep at night, knowing that every infraction cost a life? How, how, how do you deal with that? The, the depth of their guilt was, uh, is what... You're looking at a God who says, "Look what you've done to me. Look, you know, this is between you and me. You've broken faith with me, and it's that's that's what breaks the bones." The uh, he stresses the idea of being truthful within the self, and as long as we try to hide it away from it, um, there's people who love to say, "No, there's really nothing wrong." No, I've done nothing wrong. And they're hiding it in themselves. They know, but they don't want to admit. And they get to this place where they can't stand. And David was a demonstration of what you're supposed to do. That you're supposed to be honest within yourself. That you're supposed to look at yourself and say, hey, that's there. I need to bring it to God and confess it. But he held it inside and held it inside and it destroyed him slowly inside. He knew what was happening. It just tore him tore him apart. So when he finally gets to that place where it's out in the open and now it can be covered. Now it can be eliminated from me. Now it can be set away from me. And not until... And, it, and it, the, because it, uh, the law would say, uh, when you recognize that you have sinned, when you know your iniquity, when someone points it out to you, when, you some, you know, when someone brings it, that's what it says all through the law, then you bring your sacrifice. And, and then you can have it covered. But if you're not willing to admit it, you're stuck with it. How, how, you know, as soon as you know, so he's finally, he's saying, even though it's only covered for that time, it still was a huge relief. It was just, that's, blessed is the man whose sin is covered, who is diligent to bring those things out immediately, all the time. Yeah, and we're going to be covering that, that yeah. exact same but thing. That's, in, that's in an... I, I'm always struck with that, the bones that you have broken. It's between you and God. And, and until you are ready to uncover it and do away with it. Yeah, and I think of that, you know, as you said, that, right, as, the day of atonement, and then there was sin, 
it has the right the cycle has to immediately the cycle has to repeat over and, and over again but how how great right th that we know that it's you know everything is is covered with our righteousness yeah John. I know it's the Holy Spirit, but I'll say you were smart uh, to read 51 before. Because the New Testament, you know, in the Old Testament, what you just saying, you know, he needed to have Psalm 51 in order to enjoy Psalm 32. Right. We yep. really don't. Right. Our sins aren't atoned for one sweet no. They are. And we take maybe too much comfort out of Psalm 32 that our sins are atoned for. We still need Psalm 51. You know, we need to have that sorrow over our sin. We yeah. need to have that, and, you know, maybe some of us get that more than others, but I need to constantly be reminded because I am comfortable with God's grace and I am comfortable with His forgiveness and yeah. I don't know if I Psalm 51 enough because I'm so busy Psalm 32 -ing. So <laughs> I'm really glad that you read 51 before 32 because it really does show what the big picture is. Yeah. Uh, Alright. Yeah, Sean. I like your um, I know this is, uh, you know, again, the point to what DJ was making with uh, the bones part 51, point 51 8, um, and, and talking about, you know, the span of his life and how he was straight kind of thing. Um, on a community group on Thursday, you know, Ed had brought up a point talking about how, you know, uh, the shepherd, when, uh, a, you know, a sheep would keep straying, they would break its legs. Hmm. You know, kind of like so that it would stop going to, you know, things that would almost bring in danger. You know, um, and I, I often think that, you know, when we look, when we look at it, there's a point. I don't want to say that God has to break our legs, but you know, that it has to keep showing me, you know, over and over, what, the, what am I doing to wrong, and, and, and you know, and, um, and I, and I often look at it like, you know, again, all the way that everything ties in. And how, you know, I'm, I'm thinking at this point that I'm rejoicing, that I'm actually learning from my mistakes within my misery, within my sorrow. Because that's obviously, as anybody's had a broken bone, it's not a great feeling. But to know that this is a measure to kind of, to help you, to instruct you, to kind of get you to look at the reasoning for what's going on and why it's happening and, and what you're moving forward to. Thank you for, for all of those points. Let's uh, go through verses 3 through 5 now. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So we see in verses 3 and 4, right, we have a delay first, and then in verse 5, confession and forgiveness. So verse 3, you know, when I kept silence, uh, silent, you know, there may have been a period when David thought he may get away with his sins and his crimes, like from a, you know, from a personal level, but it would still impact his consciousness, his his spirit, and so right. You know, DJ mentioned with the the bones in in Psalm fifty one, uh, wasted away, wore out. Really, it you know impacts your conscience, 
but then it can impact you physically as well. If you are just, you know, whether hiding it, covering up, or it, it just, it, it can be more than spiritual, can impact you physically. And then where we talk about in, uh, in still in verse 3, through my groaning all day long, really like groaning or also could be roaring and it's almost like like a lion roaring as he pounces on his prey and just that that's a horrible thing to to feel or to you know it can really impact you you know if you're remaining silent and and not confessing sin um it can impact you in in many ways Verse 4, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the height, the heat of summer. Uh, you know, again, right, con- continued physical effects of, of David's uh, non-repentant heart, his state. And then the heat of summer is just all consuming. That's all you feel, Right. So there are definitely significant impacts. But then we get to verse 5. And I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And so we have this picture of really the vividness of a change of mind, change of heart involved. And we also, you know, the immediacy of forgiveness as well. Right, yeah, the lifting of it. Yeah. You go from verse talking about how it was weighing upon me, heavy yep. upon me, and here it's, it's talking about how this weight was lifted. Yep. John Oach, can you read Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen? Mike? 13. Yep, Mike Sabato, uh, 1 John 1, 8 through 10. Go ahead, John. Yep. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Mm-hmm. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not. Yeah, those are, yeah, definitely the first John is a familiar verse. But just, you know, right, the forgiveness, the, the mercy that, that God has given us, given to us. Yes, Len? As you read those two verses, uh, three and four, especially verse three, you know, keeping silent, you know, knowing his sin, how many times uh, we may have identified our sin? And he goes on to talk about that God's hand was heavy upon him. Like, let's go to you know, the conviction. Hmm. The conviction that yeah. comes. And, and uh, he says, My strength is dried up as by the heat of summer. As, as you had mentioned, how the, the heat of summer and summer winds 
are, are, are draining, they, they're hot, they, they, they I'm not getting the right word. Really the yeah, suck, suck the energy out, right, yep. The needed moisture is not there. It may, it may, and that's how sometimes we might get depressed. Are you still you're talking about, at least what I see, what I think of when I read this, is that his desire, you know, he's, he doesn't want to go on. Not that he wants to kill himself. Right. He just has no motivation. He has no desire to, to get up and to go and to do uh, what he needs to do. And, and sin, like the point you made, is exactly right. It does have a physical and a mental effect on it. Mm. But our hope is that God is, God is using that to, to have us repent. Because the blessing is the, the verses that come right behind. Right. So now let, we'll uh, turn to verse 6. Therefore let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. So here we have David immediately going to back to teaching mode, right? To kind of teach us, right? Uh, what what he learned to help us, and uh, I love the the note within uh, MacArthur's study Bible regarding verse six. Every person who knows the grace of God should not presume upon that grace by putting off confession. Right. So we know we have grace, but it, it should be two things. Right. We should not sin. Because, you know, knowing we have grace, right? So purposely sinning, or licensed to sin, we know we should not do that, and we should not put off confession. Because that, that definitely impacts our relationship with the Spirit and God. So it's not just, you know, we're, you know, we're covered by grace, but... We need to confess to, you know, keep that relationship as close as possible. <clears throat> Verses 7, you have a question, DJ, or no? No. no I was thinking that the, the minute you get to that place where you confessed and are forgiven, if you're confessing to the wronged person or openly, that begins the uh, the healing process, and it's the thing. That, it's one of the things that keeps the unity. Yeah, I think that, that that's important too, right? It's not it's not just confession our sins to God, but if you've wronged a brother or sister, you need to have that relationship restored as well. Don't just think, oh, yeah, I confess to God, I'm good. I don't have to confess to that person that I wronged or sinned against so that that's right so so you'll you'll kind of like you know had done one piece of it but both pieces need to be done because you've sinned against your brother or sister if that if that's the case it, in with your sin verses 7 through 9 you are a hiding place for me you preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. 
Be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. So we have in verse 7, right, uh, David still speaking, but in verses 8 and 9, it's really God's testimony in this, in this situation. So let's talk about verse 7. Um, and I, you, know, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And you know, I think what jumps out is security in God. We have security. Hiding, hiding place, preservation, surrounding, right? So really that, I kind of like think of that, the hedge of protection, I know that just kind of jumped to my mind, but just having that security and the comfort in, in God's promises. And then God's testimony, I will instruct you, verse 8, and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you, and then talking about the horse or mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. So we have instruct, teach, and counsel throughout these uh, verses 8 uh, and 9. And um, I just want to, from uh, Alex Mortier's book, Psalms by the Day, which is this book here. Um, he says, God desires conscious, thoughtful obedience to his word of direction, not to the enforced conformity of the harnessed beast. So it, it's really about our obedience to God, and it's not you know, something that, we, that uh, should be enforced conformity, but it should be our desire to obey not because it's a rule we need to follow, right? Or it says it in the Bible, so we have to do it. It's got to be our heart, our heart's desire is very important in, in how our you know, relationship, sanctification continues. Um, Matt, can you uh, turn to uh, Proverbs 26.3? Gianna, can you turn to James 3.3? 3? Just a couple of verses uh, really referring to, to 9 about that uh, the animal, the beast, uh, horse and mule having to be curbed with a bit and the bridle. And really that, that, really, that verse talks to obedience of compulsion, right? We should Again, we should desire thoughtful obedience, not to be compulsed to obey. Should be our, the desire of our heart. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Catch. If we put bits into the mouths of horses, nothing will pay us. We got to pull bodies as well. Can you read that again? I'm sorry. Yeah. If we put bits into the mouths of horses, so that they obey us, we got to pull bodies as well. Right. Yeah. So really, it should not be that situation, right, where we're just kind of being directed, um, we should have that, the right focus of obedience um, and thoughtful, not looking at it from, you know, where we're, we are controlled um, in that aspect.
But I do, I do like the right in those verses, instruct, teach, counsel. And God's instruction, God's teaching, God's counsel is above everything and is beneficial to the believer in all that we do. As we uh, get to the last couple of verses, verses 10 and 11, many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So trust brings love and joy. Steadfast love surrounds, talking in verse 10, and then shout for joy in verse 11. And it's, right, do we really, do we really shout for joy with our ability to confess our sins and um, to have those sins covered? Or does that really excite us? Or it's just, again, something that we, need, we know we need to do. But are we, you know, after that con- confession occurs, are we shouting for joy? Or are we just kind of going on to the, to the next thing and, and not remembering the blessings, the un- unbounded blessings that we have of uh, confession and forgiveness of sin and that weight lifted upon us and knowing that our sins are forgiven. So I think, you know, I guess in, in closing, it, it really emphasizes and, you know, that we need to confess our sins. We need to obey without being forced to obey, but in our hearts, having that desire to obey and following the instructions and the counsel of God and just, you know, really taking a look at what David went through. Yeah, did he, in, you know, it, these sins really impacted his life, right? It wasn't just the confession and everything was perfect, right? He had trial after trial after tribulation as a result of there's impact and there's a cost to sin, even when it is forgiven. So, um, you know, it is something to, to keep in mind as well. But really, it's, a, you know, it's, it's really a, a teaching psalm for us as believers to remember. That's all I have. So you interpreted verse 8 as being God, and he does, he struck God, does all those things like that. It speaks a little more to my heart, to be honest, if that's still David talking. Um, I don't know, I didn't study it hard enough, but to me, you know, if it would kind of follow, it's easy to screw up and feel like that kind of disqualifies you, and, you know, who's going to listen to me after what I did wrong, but we're all sinners. And also, if David's saying after what I've gone through, and still talking kind of to the reader, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And, and, you know, maybe it's God. It just seems kind of weird that I don't know where it becomes God. But to say, you know, I've been through this, and I want to use this in a way so that you don't go through Right, but but I, even if that's not what the psalm is saying, it's what it's saying to me. And then he said, you know, don't be like a horse or a mule without hope. David was, 
Right. You know, David's looking back, almost like Solomon in Ecclesiastes and all, all the things, oh, if I could have done it over. And, so I don't know, I'm not saying it's not God speaking there, but I, I do like the, the viewpoint of even David saying, look, I know I screwed up. I, I just, I'm, I'm so thankful God forgave me. I, and, and again, it would be more like a proverb, I guess, but let me instruct you. Let me teach you. Let me counsel you based on what I've been through. You know, everything that we go through should be for God's glory. Right. So we shouldn't put our tail between our legs and say, all right, well, I can't tell anybody anything because look how I screwed up. That's what Satan wants you to think. And God wants to say, no, get back up. Let's go. Yeah, you did screw up. Come on, get up and, and let's go. And I want to use it. I don't yeah. No, I think that, that yeah. My Bible wasn't really saying anything about whether it was God or not. Right. Not for nothing, David is speaking through the Spirit, so he's resonating with the Spirit. Could be both. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Right, using David to speak through, right, of God's God's test. still have to really humble himself. Almost put that behind him. You know, because it would be easy for David to say, well, someone else is going to have to say it now. I can't Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's going to listen to me. So, if God right. wants you to say, you know, use it. It is very humbling. Right. I think when she's not here, you know, what Darlene, you know, speaking to others because of what she went through. Mm. It's very humbling. Sometimes because you did it, you feel like, no, use it for God's glory and, you know, in a way that only you can. Yep. Thanks, John. That was good. Okay. Let's close in prayer. Hey, Father, thank you again for this time. Uh, just We can just learn uh, biblical truth and be able to apply it to our lives. And just, you know, using David as an example here and what he went through and how it can benefit us as believers and uh, just how great a God you are to... Just be righteous in your eyes. And uh, we thank you for that. Again, be with the service upcoming. In Jesus' name, amen.